Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Shameless in Chicago. This is your host, Nin. And I'm Luke. And today we have a very special guest. I'm actually really excited about this one. <laughs> we have Lily on the podcast. Hey. Hello, Lily. Okay, so Lily, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, guys. My name is Lily. Well, I've known Nin for, I want to say, how far do we go back? Oh my god, like sophomore, junior year of college. Which was what what year? Probably like 2017? 2017? Yes, it was 2017, 2018. Yeah. We met in 2018, I think, for my birthday. Yeah, because we were out clubbing. We were out clubbing yeah, that night. Yeah, we were out clubbing for sure. <laughs> we were having a good time. <laughs> oh my god, so it's been six years now. It's been six years. Wow, mashallah. Yeah, so me and Nin have known each other since the undergrad days of mm-hmm. college yeah. and basically have grown up with each other career-wise, personal like i was her bridesmaid guys like we've grown a lot together we've presented research together yes we are your nerdy best Mm -hmm. friends (laughs) literally she's one that i could talk to about Mm -hmm. my personal struggles if it came to school struggles career struggles like we've really i feel like grown with each other a lot oh for sure yeah for sure yeah and I know Luke is like a really cool friend of yours and we vibe when we see each other. So it's, I'm I excited to be I'm here. all right. You know, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not that cool. Super cool. <laughs> it's always a good vibe when we get together. Yeah. And a reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast today is because you are a smart, Aww. young woman, a professional. For those of you that don't know, because Lily's first time on the podcast, <laughs> she too is a Latina woman with mm-hmm. her master's in clinical psychology. Go yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. We, Thank you. We it's love, an honor. We love seeing women succeeding, especially Latina women. I Hell appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate women in color in general. Yeah. Like women from our own backgrounds yeah. succeeded in life. Yeah. I love it. And so I think you are just a perfect person to have on this podcast with your master's in clinical psych, being a qualified mental health professional, with many years of experience now in the fields and treating clients and helping clients and all of that, I think it would be great to just have the both of us sit here and yeah. discuss seasonal affective disorder, Ooh. seasonal depression. Yes. So you're getting me, you're telling me I'm getting a double dose of psychoanalyzation today? <laughs> yes. <sighs> you have lucky two day. therapists in the room. And let's see if y'all can fix this. <laughs> the seasonal depression The Mm -hmm. holiday blues, Mm -hmm. or professionally known as seasonal affective disorder. Yep. I call it the big sad. The big sad. (laughs) The big sad. It's my big sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's now the season. It is. We've officially entered the last three months of the year. Well, now two, actually. Yeah. Because we just entered November. Yeah. And I definitely feel a lot of people experience the effects of sad or the <laughs> seasonal blues right right exactly mm-hmm. uh yeah definitely once especially once those clocks change like what sunday oh my God. literally yeah. yesterday yesterday yeah oh no 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 i this morning i was all <laughs> off i said wait a minute is it earlier is it later mm-hmm. i the sun still wasn't up so i didn't care really so mm-hmm. i don't know what to do with this and now it's like what 5 p.m kind yeah. of almost and it's yeah. already dark mm-hmm. and i want to go home <laughs> I'm literally ready to go to sleep. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, no, it's definitely a struggle. I think I've been late since October started every okay. day pretty much mm. to work because I just can't get myself out of bed. Uh, mm. And that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about when we talk about 
Yeah. S-A-D. Sad. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Hit me. Hit me with the sad. <laughs> Hit you with the sad. Yeah. Okay. Sad. Well, a little bit about seasonal affective mm-hmm. disorder is that people used to refer to it as just strictly seasonal depression. Yeah. But as time has gone on and research has improved, it's called seasonal affective disorder because they realize that people's moods change. They Mm -hmm. either become depressed or they become anxious. So it's not just one or the other. It could be both. Yeah. And personally, I've experienced both, mostly Mm -hmm. on the anxiety side. Mm -hmm. And I felt invalidated because it was seasonal depression. I was like, I'm not really depressed, but I am anxious. Seasonal anxiety. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it was. And then now that it's changed to seasonal affective disorder, I'm like, there's more than one of me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad we could include you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I definitely experienced the depressive effects of that. Me too, More so than anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm very much, I love the sunlight and vitamin d vitamin d we need that that's Mm -hmm. essential and i i 100 percent agree that we need as much sun as we can get yeah so when there's less of it i definitely feel on the depressed side of the day okay so when like the sun starts to set earlier and earlier Mm -hmm. it's the depression that kicks in for you yeah because i'm i i kind of feel like oh my god i don't get enough done in my day like it's already 5 p.m it's already dark like Mm -hmm. you kind of get into that mode of i want to go to bed right like what you just said oh yeah and it it doesn't feel like that doesn't feel really nice at the end of the day because you're like i want to do more like there's more things that i want to do but then it's like oh if anything i feel like i'm disappointing not only myself but those people i'm usually around my boyfriend my friends Mm -hmm. my family no i want to be in bed by 5 30 in my (laughs) pajamas with the laundry going i i'm done i'm out Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, like, that's a symptom of depression, right? You want to sleep a lot, and mm-hmm. you just want to be in bed a lot. Yeah. And that's why it's a seasonal thing, yeah. and not to get it confused with depression in general, but it's seasonal yes. because once the sun comes up, mm-hmm. you're, like, more motivated. You yeah. see the outside world. Right. But you guys just feel more of, like, a depressive, mm-hmm. I just want to be in bed. Right. No. So w- how would you differ- differentiate, for those who don't know, the the difference between, like, Major depressive disorder versus seasonal affective disorder. Like, what are the main... The main differences? The main differences, you would say. So, I think both of us should kind of touch upon this based off of what we've been educated on and based off of what we see in clients. Mm -hmm. Is that somebody with seasonal depression... First off, in the mental health realm, I definitely see an uptake of clients. Clients are more likely to show up. Mm -hmm. We have more intakes. Um, More people are wanting to discuss what's going on with them. Whereas when the summertime comes, you see a fall Mm. in clients. (laughs) It's a huge night and day difference. It really is. They don't show up. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're totally fine. Life is great. And then people who have major (laughs) depressive disorder, have this constant feeling Mm. of no motivation, they're sleeping, they're not eating right, but it's not just because of the sun, it's because there's something deeper going on within them and that it just, it doesn't go away when the sun comes up. Yeah, and I feel like also with the seasonal changes and everything, like we've talked about lack of light, uh, feeling more tired or lethargic and- Becoming withdrawn. Withdrawn Mm -hmm. is a huge symptom there. those things play a role in people feeling the effects of like seasonal affective disorder yeah. and then wanting to seek help, wanting to, you know, find a way to correct themselves in a way. Yes, basically. Yeah. And what do you notice like in the shift with your clients between the ones that have 
major depressive disorder and the ones that have seasonal affective disorder? What's kind of that difference that you notice within mm -hmm. people? Well, I feel the ones that suffer with uh, seasonal affective disorder, they're more able to function, mm -hmm. in, you know, during the year, like especially in the summer months, right? Mm -hmm. We see like you talked about those type of clients who tend to cancel a lot in the summer or they're just doing things or they're being more socially active and all that. Um, but when the season hits, that's when we start to see like, okay, maybe their functioning is now getting impacted or they're just going through it basically. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of like the, sorry, the main difference right there is that they're able to kind of like still participate in their life responsibilities yeah. and things. But then like when the season hits, it's like, okay, I'm not doing well in this area or I'm missing a lot of work or like, you know, I'm not, I'm not engaging with people the way I used to. Yeah. And that's a good point because Luke, like you mentioned in the summertime, you're going to be active. You're going to see your friends. I'm not even going to have an issue at this. The worst that my, I have anxiety during the summer and it's all existential. And I feel that drives <laughs> me to live my life a little bit more, you know? Yeah. But when it comes to wintertime, it's, I hate the cold. I can't afford mm. to travel to somewhere warm and I have yeah. to go out and work where I leave when it's dark. I get home when it's dark. I, yeah. I, I just feel like I'm at a constant loss during this time period. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do as well, especially. And then with the seasonal affective disorder, there's also the more specific, the holiday blues. Have mm. you heard about that one recently? It's like yeah. a newer thing, the holiday blues. Yeah. yeah. I really like feel that that's another factor that kind of contributes sometime to people's yeah. depression in this season. Yeah. And for those of you listening, the difference that's been the holiday blues and seasonal affective disorder is that the holiday blues really just centers around the holidays. Mm -hmm. You start the activities. Yeah. The activities, the spending time with family. Maybe you don't have family. Mm -hmm. Maybe your family is the reason of your anxiety or your depression or loss of family during mm -hmm. the holidays. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And also the money tied in with holidays, Ooh. right? Are you traveling mm -hmm. to see family? Are you spending money hosting people or mm -hmm. are you spending money on gifts? Do you have lack of money to spend on people or gifts? Exactly. People are really going or, through it financially, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Or maybe you're expecting a lot of gifts and you aren't getting anything. Yeah. Ooh. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people yeah. who are really expecting that. That's what their happiness is derived off of. What can I open? What can people give me? Mm -hmm. That is true. And that might just really lead to your feeling of uneasiness. Ooh. And that's why I think as mental health professionals, we see an uptake in clients because... Mm -hmm. If you just talk about that and com complain, quote unquote, complain to people about it, you're almost being judged about it. What do you mean you're sad when the sun goes down early? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> but it's a real thing, right? Yeah. Like we've we, we all agree that we can feel the effects of it one way or another. And it's something that I feel like needs to be talked about more because I feel like the more it goes unnoticed or the more people ignore it, it, it mm -hmm. can become something that you experience each year. And it's just like this cycle that you go through. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some symptoms that you see in seasonal affective disorder? How can people pinpoint that? Okay. I'm having this seasonal affective disorder symptoms. Mm -hmm. What are some of the symptoms? Yeah. I think the, some of the symptoms that we, we see is, um, Fatigue, right? An increase in... <laughs> we see I'm going to start cutting them off. I'm sorry. Don't mind me. <laughs> yep. We see fatigue, right? We're, we're experiencing feeling more tired or more exhausted. Uh, we might overeat mm. at this point. Like we're, you know, maybe comfort eating or mm -hmm. just noticing that we're 
like gaining weight, let's say. Mm-hmm. I did um, have a couple of three musketeers. <laughs> I'm so sorry I lied to you. I knew the candy <laughs> was missing a little bit more. I knew it. That's where it's it went. Lily's just going to call me out. I'm going to say it's because of my, my sad. <laughs> no, but that's real because I, I do that a lot, honestly. Um, another social withdrawal. Yeah. You don't want to really engage with other people, you know, start not wanting to participate in social activities yeah, and it, it kind of feels like more of a chore really. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. the social isolation I feel like increases and especially since COVID people are like, I don't want to get sick. I'm nervous to get mm. sick. I don't want to get, especially with the holidays, if I'm spending time That's with grandparents or yeah. older people, you're going to experience more social isolation because you don't want to get those around you yeah. sick. Wow. I definitely feel COVID has yeah. really, really changed yeah. how we kind of view holidays now too yeah exactly i, I kind of feel like there's kind of like this this numbness just ennui if you will when it comes to like the seasonal effective whatever we're gonna call it mm-hmm. uh, we can just call it the sad the sad the sad, sad the yeah. sad yeah when it comes to the sad because when i think about it this week our memories are tied to like our emotions right yeah psychologists yeah. so when you're kind of <laughs> numb to the world you don't have a lot of emotion the world starts to fly mm. by is that going to start to cause like memory issues too in someone mm. who could be affected by this Ooh, the memory issues and depression. Yeah. That one's very, that one's a very sophisticated one. You have to be extremely depressed for it to affect your memories. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've got other memory issues then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably a a history of trauma there maybe as well. Oh. Possibly. Yeah. Complex PTSD we could maybe think about. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. we'll get into that at a private podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot there. It's a lot. (laughs) A lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. Because at the end of the day, memory that isn't forming is essentially your brain trying to suppress the trauma. Suppressing this memory that's about to pop up. Right. Because it's going to affect your functioning. At the end of the day, your brain is trying to protect you as much as Mm -hmm. possible. And... Mm -hmm. That's why we suppress mm-hmm. and that's why we take out our anger on other people because it's literally just right. your brain trying to protect itself. Oh, wow. Or you f- might find that you're just like dissociating like yeah. on a day-to-day basis because, yeah. you know, you're like you're depressed. My, you're depressed. You're trying to block out those memories. Your mind, mm-hmm. your brain's trying to protect you. Your brain's trying to block out that you're depressed. Oh, that's denial, huh? Oh, yeah. there we go. Breakthrough. <laughs> we have another psychologist in the building here yeah it's twice the effort twice the work twice the results yeah and also when you're feeling anxious people will have anxiety attacks and i think that's another important aspect to highlight with sad the sad mm-hmm. uh with the anxiety is just you don't know what is causing it and you don't know what it's coming from or when something's gonna hit you mm-hmm. Like, as I, somebody who deals with anxiety sometimes, it's like, I don't know when it's going to hit me. I have to be in the right circumstance. And it's like, it's so specific to each person. It's like, some people say, like, it feels like I'm dying or it feels like I'm having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And it's like, one thing some people will do when they're having anxiety is they'll disassociate, like you Mm -hmm. said. And it's your way of your brain protecting yourself from having an anxiety attack because that shit sucks. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like also everyone's triggers are individual, right? Yeah. And you can't fully avoid your triggers all yeah. the time. Like you're going to be confronted one day with like experiencing a trigger and it's just going to lead to feeling the the anxiety and then it could lead to a panic attack. Yeah. And it's just like we never really know when we're going to encounter that. Exactly. And that's why it's important to seek mental health professionals mm-hmm. to pinpoint your traumas, right. pinpoint your triggers. That way you're not stuck avoiding them, but you face them and that way you overcome them as well. Right. Sorry, this whole conversation just has me in like a 
a chest clutch. What are you feeling? Yeah, tell us. What <laughs> yeah. are you feeling as uh, we're conversating? You about know, this? honestly, I I feel very empathetic because mm. when I start to think about someone with anxiety, I think about what it feels like in myself. And then mm. I think in that it triggers some anxiety because as I sit here, I don't know if you've noticed, I've hardly taken a breath <laughs> because I'm afraid of breathing into this microphone. I'm anxious about everything. Around. And that's a little bit heightened because of the yeah. season. It was a really nice day outside though. It was. Mm. Yeah, it, it was, was a really nice day. Yeah. Um, I could not work outside. I definitely feel the more we talk about something, it's like a trigger. I, I like to push things under the rug. I'm mm. a I'm a look the other way, mm. out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So the moment that we start talking about something like this, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a problem I have to probably deal with soon. Your fight or flight's kicking in. Yeah. And you can't necessarily, like, you can't necessarily like, flight from this because we're having a Exactly. And yeah. I would never, but I'm frozen right now. So I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, boy, this is yeah. really taking a turn. Oof. Yeah. Well, we're going to encounter going. some triggers here as we talk about let's this. Let's keep and it maybe, going. Like, yeah. Bye. I love Lily. Oh, Oh my god you're like one of my favorite therapists Aww. oh I my think, god i think Thank we you. should bring lily back for like a, a therapy hour but no lily honestly just to praise you real quick you are such a smart woman mashallah like you're an amazing mm, therapist so sweet the empathy that you give to people your undivided attention your feedback is just so great thank you I and appreciate that. and like <laughs> for those of you that are looking for a therapist this is the type of therapy that you need. Aww. This is the type of therapist yeah. you should be looking for. Definitely. So when you're looking for a therapist, it should really just be somebody like Lily, somebody that's mm -hmm. giving you their undivided attention, somebody who's asking you questions to challenge yourself, somebody who's providing feedback to not only make sure that they're listening, but also in a way where you're better able to understand what you are saying. Yeah, so I agree with that. What are some other qualities you think people should look for in a therapist to make sure they kind of match. What is the importance of rapport when having a therapist? I feel that coming from somebody who's experienced also going to therapy and like knowing the importance of like finding someone who's a good fit. I think it really is like that gut feeling you get, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of know off the bat when you hit it with somebody or you don't. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you feel like they're like you get a good gut feeling about that, yeah. I think you should listen to that. Yeah. If you don't, I also feel that you should listen to that <laughs> and, you know, probably find someone else who would better, you know, ma match with you with whatever that looks like. Ultimately, like just knowing like if, if it feels good for you. Mm -hmm. um, I personally look at, you know, like, is this someone that can maybe relate to me too? Oh, okay. Or like, you know, maybe even like culturally too, like, are mm -hmm. they someone that would understand maybe some of the personal struggles that I deal with? Or would they, would they, would I feel like they would want to know about that too? Like, do they yeah. have the cultural humility to like want to explore that? Oh yeah. That's a very good point. Right. And also with clients, how have you seen a difference with clients you have good rapport with versus clients you don't have good rapport with? Like those that trust you and those that maybe might be more on the edge of trusting a stranger. Well, I feel that, you know, when you when I try to build good rapport with a client, I always want to just like be myself first, because like I feel when you meet somebody new, like as a therapist, you don't want to come off like too textbooky, yeah. you would say, or like, <laughs> you know, like uh, you're the expert. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely want to be like on that same level of like, you know, me and you are just humans. We're having a conversation kind of like this right now yeah and I feel that that really allows me and the other person to like ease into it like not feel like it's like a overwhelming thing because I know stepping into that mm -hmm. first intake or whatever could produce some anxiety for somebody it's horrifying 
You know that. I've I've been to therapy. I've actually only had one therapist. I actually suck out a gay therapist. Oh, okay. so yeah. you see that that's important yes. for you because that's a, that's an identity that you align with, right? So someone told me that you know it's awkward if you'd have to explain to a straight doctor why there's a bruise in the back of your throat. So why would you want to walk through the sexual intricacies of your life with someone? Mm. Who does know nothing about it and has no interest in it rather than someone who has an in-depth knowledge of it. So right. yeah, I specifically looked for a gay uh, psychologist. Yeah. I loved him. We we were like this. <laughs> yeah. We were we were oh, we were tight. That. Um I did mainly like Zoom sessions because it was winter time, seasonal, mm. and the moment, you know, yeah. we uh we brightened up the days. I was out there, but yeah, I'll always remember that man. I loved him. But the one thing I could always like the note I had, he just listened. Yeah. Yeah. It was That's ju- he, he just listened, but I didn't mm-hmm. feel that there was any we didn't really work out anything. I just spilled a bunch of stuff out of him. Maybe that's what I needed because yeah. I did feel great yeah. after it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I kind of wanted a little bit more. And like, yeah. that's the thing that's important is that a therapist is there to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why people who grow such an attachment to their therapist, you have to remember that you grow an attachment to this person because they're listening to you. They are providing you what other people in your mm-hmm. life are not providing you with. Yeah. And it's that judgment free. They are not judging you. They are your biggest fan. And as therapists ourselves, I think we can say this is that just we're listening to them and we end up like caring and loving our clients so much. They become 100%. people we care about. Yeah. And from a client side of it, because I'm not a therapist, sometimes you just need to spill your guts mm. to somebody who does not matter to you at all. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, that person's going to go home and deal with their own problems. Yep. And whatever you said to them is yeah. all in the books. You can yeah. just get it out. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's 10 pounds, 30 pounds, 4,000 pounds off your chest. Yeah. yeah. I and agree with that. It's just that feeling that somebody else knows about this trauma mm-hmm. or this feeling or this intrusive thought mm-hmm. that I don't have to carry with me on my own that somebody else knows about it yeah and I think going off the question that you asked me earlier about like what's important to build that rapport I think hearing both of your guys's responses creating a safe space for Mm -hmm. somebody is Mm -hmm. really important too oh yeah because if they don't feel safe they don't feel like they can't open up they can't open up how are we supposed to get anywhere yeah how are we supposed to know and recognize what you're going through if you don't feel comfortable to you know, allow yourself to do that. Yeah. And I think that's very important as well. So another thing that I kind of want to ask, and I think most people are interested in is as a therapist, what is something you recommend to clients that are having seasonal affective disorder or like the holiday blues? Mm -hmm. What are some forms of things you would want them to do help <laughs> it's because you know it's, yeah. it's not bad right now but mm. the moment the snow touches down it sticks yeah. we're done right yeah we're done i hear that how can people prepare well first i'm all about like finding like natural ways to like boost our serotonin and, me like, too you know enhance our mood i try to like yeah. i have those like fancy phillips lights i spent mm. so much money yeah. on and i try to keep like a daylight timer yeah. on mm-hmm. i want so like you know it's dark in the morning i have a daylight timer and just one light comes up and mm. it simulates the sunrise and yeah it helps me wake up a little bit more does that help you though you know, does it, it does because it, does? it will force me to get up. The lights are on. So, that. you know, you have to get up. Mm-hmm. There's there's no going back. I have a light bar. It's mm-hmm. behind my, my boudoir or my dresser. And it's like a big sunrise. And that the first time you look at the light, I feel like you're awake. You're up. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Your circadian rhythm has activated. For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a huge part. I was going to say, like, 
light therapy is like uh, 100% something that I recommend. And Uh, it's research back. mm -hmm. They came out with research and they saw an improvement in women and their moods. Now, vitamin D lights, though, you cannot stay under those for too long. Right, exactly. So for the light therapy, there are just these light therapy boxes Mm -hmm. and you just point it at yourself and you only need it, I think, for about 15 minutes. They say like 10 to 15 minutes is recommended. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll see a boost in your mood and all of that. So that's nice that it's research backed. But if you can also get outside when you can to just like you know get as much sunlight as Mm -hmm. you can that's another great way to absorb it as much as you can yes whether that's like a walk down the street really quick on your lunch break right or like if you enjoy just like going on a walk with your dog let's say if you have a pet yeah whatever that looks like i say try some indoor plants try keep keep something alive Mm -hmm. you know keep Oh, care that's a good one. I have a cat. I don't gotta care about that. But I have like a, <laughs> I have like a hydroponics system. You know, I grew jalapenos yeah. last December Ooh. in my bathroom. Wow. Yeah, that's and impressive. I felt proud of that every day. I woke up and said, "Those are my jalapenos." I think it helped my. That's like uh, a, that, that's pride right there. You right. You watch. You watch that. it grow. I had yeah. a lot of jalapenos. Yeah, that's they cute. Were good too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Also, just like you know, supplements. I feel like that's something that people kind of forget about like we're deficient in certain vitamins yeah. that were are necessary for yeah. us to like function the way that we do even in the summertime right so that's like like you said vitamin d is something that we're very we lack yeah vitamin d and we can get that through the sunlight we can get that through certain supplements or mm-hmm. even foods mm-hmm. eating like fish yeah is, is really helpful to gain vitamin d again yeah and Mm -hmm. taking vitamin d supplements is very important i would highly recommend you get tested by your doctor if you can very true don't take too much vitamin d because that will lead to vitamin d toxicity because vitamin d is a fat soluble vitamin meaning that it stays in your body Mm -hmm. you okay look space just gave me anxiety about vitamins. <laughs> yeah, no, it takes a lot to have vitamin D toxicity. I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, don't go to Target and mm. get like twenty thousand IU of vitamin D and take it every single day. <laughs> no, you should yeah. be good at the minimum. Ask your doctor. Yeah, definitely ask your doctor about that. Yeah, exactly. So mm. that's a good one. Don't forget your supplements. Mm-hmm. What are some other things you would recommend? I would definitely recommend seeking therapy at that time. Yeah. Honestly, like psychotherapy, just talking to somebody would be really important to just, you know, like Luke said, get your, get it out. Yeah. Talk to somebody who's going to listen to you. Better out than in because it will rot you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And it might be best to talk at a time when you're feeling this way rather than when you're happy. Because when you're happy, you're going to be like, Oh, yeah, that trauma doesn't matter. We're fine today. I'm also in this picture and I don't like it. (laughs) And there's I feel like, you know, when when you start that journey and you come in at a time like this season, right? Maybe there's like shit that under the rug that like you haven't really explored yet or you haven't really found the underlying reason for that could be affecting your depression. Yes. So it's a good time to explore about yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Get to know yourself. Yeah, it's very important because a lot of the times I'll find with clients is that their anxiety and their depression is from something that happened. Mm -hmm. And this goes beyond depression. This goes beyond anxiety. This can also be for people who have schizophrenia, who have bipolar. These more severe mental health disorders are believed to have been triggered one by genetics and two by trauma. Mm -hmm. So when you have these things, it's best to talk to a mental health professional to understand what is your anxiety trigger? What is your depressive trigger? Because the holiday season might be a depressing time for you, not because the sun 
goes down right. earlier, but it might be because, dang, the holidays sucked when I was a kid. Right. You know? Something traumatic might have happened to me yeah. when I was nine years old. Yeah. This happened. Exactly. And that's why it's important to see a professional as well. For sure. But we understand that, I don't know, access tr- to treatment is difficult and Definitely. all of that. I really recommend you go on the website, meetmonarch.com. ZocDoc is another good mm, one. Yeah. Those are all really good ways to find a therapist. Call your health insurance company. See wh- how they can help you. Yeah. Reach out to a friend. And I know saying reaching out to a friend is like difficult. You're not going to call up a friend and be like, hey, I'm feeling a little depressed today. Mm. If you don't have that type of relationship. But you can spark a phone call. And Honestly. you can just have a normal conversation. Yeah. Help you help yourself. Exactly. I know for me personally, just like having a conversation like with somebody like a mm-hmm. family, a friend, even if I'm going through something that caused me like anxiety that day or I was mm-hmm. feeling a little depressed, just having that simple conversation like really changes my mood. Yeah. So I definitely encourage that is another way to help combat the sad, right? Is to just force, I don't want to say force yourself, but just like You're gonna have literally to. like oh, just yeah, force yeah. yourself. Force say your, force yourself. Yeah. Okay. Force yourself to engage and go out there and and do those activities say yes to friends inviting you go Mm -hmm. out like if the more that you're saying no and and wanting to just stay under bed that's when you need to consider like you're digging the hole for yourself Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's better you say yes to these things and it's better you engage in your community, like go help out at a soup kitchen, mm. go donate some clothing, yeah. go spread joy. Exactly. <laughs> this is going to sound corny, but like, I feel that, you know, just engaging in like the holiday activities could really help. Yeah. Like whatever traditions you guys like engage with, I don't know what that is, but like for me, Christmas time is like when I really love spending time with my family because we yeah. do like posadas, we do the Hispanic Christmas music and yeah. everything. And it just like, it, it brings me back. Yeah, it brings Mm -hmm. that joy. For me personally, during Thanksgiving time, I like to volunteer at soup kitchens. I think it's so much fun. And just seeing the joy of these people that don't have a family and seeing their struggles and actually talking to them and giving them food at the same time. Like, you don't have to have a family to go home to. We are your family here at the soup kitchen. And Mm -hmm. we're there every single year. We have people that come every single year I love that. and we have families that bring in their kids because they can't afford the meals. And imagine like how, how much that means to someone who like maybe doesn't have like family or they're going through grief. Yeah. Like just those simple. Yeah. Like it's, feeling like they belong. Yeah. And it's that community. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that we're there every single year and they know yeah. they're going to see some familiar faces every year and right. we're going to be like, oh, hey, how are you? How's it been this past mm-hmm. year? And it's like that depression that anxiety of like what am I going to do this Thanksgiving is almost gone because they know they have the second family that's looking forward to seeing them so what would you guys say for someone who is like maybe they're not around family this year something happened or they're just not able to spend time with family what would be some ways that like they could try to get out there like build that community you have to find a chosen family you have to find yeah. a community you have mm-hmm. to put whether it's going to church whether it's going to a gay bar if you know you're lgbt you need to be surrounded by your people yeah it could be going to just go find a job to where you could find friends and meet around because you know a lot of people are working during the holidays mm-hmm. yeah but you have to put yourself in a position to be surrounded mm-hmm. by people if that's the yeah. case you can't expect someone to come out of thin air you have to you, you have, have to fight to. for yourself 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. You have to really put yourself out there. Like, for example, my sister is not going to be with us this holiday season. She's out studying at a different school in a different country. And one thing that she did is that we went to church and she got into contact with an Assyrian girl. And she mm. was like, hey, how's it going? And then she's like, hey, I'm going to be at school in your country. And their girl was like, oh, my God. Yeah, definitely come over for Christmas. <laughs> like, we'll go to church together. But my sister had to put herself out oh, there for she that. Shot, she, like, shot her shot. Is that yeah. what they say? Like, yeah, she yeah. shot her shot. She, did. she got it. She, go- she scored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what you have to do. And yeah. reach out to, like, a random person on Instagram, you mm-hmm. know? like Bumble has it. a friend section now, y'all. Ooh. Like, go for it. Yeah, okay. there you go. That's a good mm-hmm. one as well. Yeah. Same thing with, like, you know, we're talking about, like, just shooting your shot and, like, trying to, like, force yourself to do these things. That also means just, like, doing your hobbies too like yeah getting back into that because that's something that we fall out of line with when we are affected by sad yeah right like if you enjoyed reading a book or if you enjoy painting or going to a cycle class you know like keep doing those things yeah keep showing up for yourself in that way because the more you do that the more you're gonna allow yourself to just be who you are and not not let that sad consume you yeah and that's another important part is that working out exercise Mm. Um, has yep. been shown to improve your mood within 10 weeks the same way an antidepressant will. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so insane. Crazy. Natural medicine right there. Natural medicine. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you're like, eh. I'm not going to the gym. <laughs> you know what? But it doesn't even have to be mm-hmm. like high intensity. No. Like, for example, for me, it was yoga. It's just activity then. Yeah. It's it's the community of the activity. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. You're surrounded by people working towards a common goal. I see. Exactly. Mm. So it's not about doing the high intensity exercise, which the research that I'm citing is a high intensity. Like, you are working out because of the endorphins that get released in your brain but i think we can take it a step further and like for example something like yoga isn't high intensity like i'm not having a 200 mm-hmm. beats per minute heart rate but i am working with a but community. i think it's just like being a- just being active in general I and think knowing also- that you're taking care of your health yeah and that also goes into eating well during the holidays yes because processed foods Oof, i was going to touch on that because i was going to say like gut health like yeah if you really think about it our gut can like get fucked during the holidays yeah we're dr- i don't know about you guys like we're drinking more probably we're, we're eating more, we're eating more yeah. especially more sweets <laughs> yeah and 95 yeah. percent of your serotonin is produced in the gut that is crazy 95 percent so we see that it's a huge, huge part, part of our mood. Yes. And that study is very recent. I believe it was 2021. I love that you're like research back with this. I oh, love I love it because mm-hmm. it's, it's so important because in America, especially we have a high processed food diet. Oh we it, were just talking about that yeah, on the way here. Yeah. And that gut health, when you're eating high processed foods, it's not good. And you're gut is absorbing it and whatever it's absorbing is it's taking it to your brain so if you're Mm. eating high inflammatory foods yeah it's gonna inflame your brain and a part of anxiety is having inflammation in the brain so (laughs) what yeah yeah so another thing you can do is take turmeric pills because turmeric is anti-inflammatory so it will help you Mm -hmm. And then also eat foods that are anti-inflammatory. Right. So I don't. Turmeric may impact people with bipolar disorder. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's a good. Is it bipolar disorder or is it the medication that they take for bipolar, bipolar? disorder? Okay. Okay. That's an interesting one. So yeah, take what's good for you, but yeah. also, yeah, eat good foods that are good for you. I think that's sometimes easier said than done though, right? Because like we're hungry when we get out of work, You right? can't just have one you chip. <laughs> I had, <laughs> I had what? Three, yeah. three musketeers, Twix, right. yeah. oh, a bag of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just like maybe keeping in mind like healthy alternatives, right? Or plan ahead. Plan ahead. Like, you know, you're going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Maybe pre-plan right. the day before when you're not, or cook when you're not hungry. Yeah. That's a big one too. Cook when you're not hungry. Get hungry. Because by the time <laughs> you're done cooking, you'll be hungry. But at True. least your your body will think itself. And mm-hmm. that's what will be a good thing. Right. Instead of spending that money on junk throughout the week, maybe grocery shop. Get Set yourself up for success. <laughs> <laughs> but along with some veggies, right? Like make it balance is what I'm saying. Like try to everything mm-hmm. is balanced. If you're if you can keep things in balance, your life is just gonna flow much better. So of course you're gonna one day mess up, maybe have a cheat meal because it's unrealistic oh, yeah. to expect. Well, at me, I'm not gonna cook maybe every day, right? But I will try to maybe find a healthy alternative or try just try to balance it out, right? Like for example, my vice is soda. I love Coca Cola. We know mm-hmm. I love my Coca-Cola. But recently, I've discovered Olipop. Ooh, and that's that's a better alternative, right? And it's good for your gut health. It's a win-win. Exactly. That. So that's mm-hmm. my alternative. My alternative is that I smoke a lot of weed. Okay. <laughs> but coffee. I drink coffee. It's anti-inflammatory. And yeah. it actually kind of gives me the same Ooh. euphoria as smoking weed. But mm-hmm. I am not lethargic and my brain isn't as slow. Mm. So yeah. that's kind of my simple swap. That's a good one, too. I know you don't drink alcohol, but did you know that drinking coffee is actually good for alcoholics because it helps clean out your liver? Let me go Ooh. tell all of Ireland. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so your mom's side of the family? <laughs> no, Mexicans, too, though. Really, oh. My boyfriend's we, Mexican. We, I don't know about your guys' cultures, but, you know, Mexicans, we yeah. get down in the holidays, right? Yeah. We start, our family started to drink. That's like how we celebrate. So yeah. I think. That's a good thing to consider. Drink your coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my alternatives has been, um, I'm, I'm like, I, I love ice cream. Like, yeah. I have to have it almost every night. Oh, but okay. now I switch to, uh, what is it, like the Greek the Greek yogurt, yogurt, oh. ice cream, whatever. I do raisin bran instead of ice cream sometimes because I still like to have like a bowl of something okay. and it's good for fiber. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Raisin bran? Yes, raisin bran. Don't come for me. Surprise. Don't I come for me. Nobody say they like Raisin Bran. Uh, raisin Bran's my favorite cereal. Okay. <laughs> I, ever ne- I ain't ever seen two pretty best friends together. That's me Ooh. and Raisin Bran. That's me and Lily right now, but go off. Lily's a pretty best friend. <gasps> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you go off. suck. <laughs> Dang. Oh, Is there anything else you guys would like to add before we wrap up? Well, if you're experiencing any really hard thoughts during this time, if you're feeling suicidal, if you're uh, just on that edge of the sea where you feel like you can't anymore, mm-hmm. please talk to somebody. Yes. Please. Like, that is so important. Take care of yourself. Talk to a friend. Talk to a family member. Um, yeah, take that step for yourself because there's people in the world that love you and care about you, and I'm sure that it would impact a lot of people more than you know. Yeah, and the suicide hotline is now 988. So it oh, is good. not a full phone number you have to dial. It's just 988. Someone should tell Logic to change his song title. Does he have a song? Called? He has the whole suicide hotline in a song title. Oh, I mean, you could still oh. call it. It'll still work. Oh, good, good. 
But it's easier to remember 988 like you remember 911. Mm. So. Yeah. And make sure to go on Meet Monarch, ZocDoc, reach out to a community mental health center. Mm -hmm. Reach out or see what local churches have because some local churches, especially in Chicago, do hold a bi-monthly 45-minute session with a free therapist. Oh, nice. I did not know about that one. Yes, Mm -hmm. I believe. I don't don't know which one. I know it's a tabernacle. Uh, It's near the south side, I believe. Mm -hmm. But they do offer twice a month therapists come in and you get like a 45-minute session with them. It's to give back to the community. I love that. that. There's also, uh, for those who are going through grief or loss, of any kind through the holidays there's a lot of uh, grief share groups support groups yeah throughout the the state so definitely go on their website griefshare.com and i'm sure they have you know something in your area and if you're probably an alcoholic or a recovering alcoholic you can also google aa groups um 99 of the time they are free mm-hmm. and they are groups led by fellow alcoholics and recovering alcoholics so if you feel like the holidays is a trigger for you for yes. drinking go to these groups and you guys will have each other to support one another to not fall into that mm-hmm. all right well that is all we have for you guys today thank you lily so much thank for you joining for having us. me this is so fun um, i love by the way guys airwave studio 10 out of 10 oh thank they, you so much they thank really you, so much. you know the experience that you're gonna have here is amazing they really take care of it and they care about their their clients so Thank you. Can't recommend Thank you it so enough. Much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Join us next time as Nen gets into a boxing match with a kangaroo. What will she win? Who knows? Who has the bigger pouch in this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got a Joey in there? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. Bye. 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 <laughs>